Hello and welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am Stacia. And my name is Lizzie and we are your hosts and your friends in all things wellness weirdness. And today we are talking about ableism and really just diving into what it is, how you can educate yourself. Stacia pulled some really great resources and have some conversation around how we can be better allies. Exactly. As I started to prepare for this topic, I really started to draw so many parallels to what is happening currently in our political or cultural climate and the the issues that are being brought to light. And I think that there are so many just really important parallels that can be drawn and that it is really important that as we fight for equal rights, that we are super inclusive, like actually inclusive Mm -hmm. of all the groups that are seeking to have those same rights. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, my friend, um, well, your friend too, our friend Lisa, who we grew up with, she, I was talking to her about this the other day and she worded it really well about how this is a complimentary piece of everything. You know, this isn't detracting from all of the race politics and awareness that's happening in the world, but it's complimentary. So as we all start to look at how we can be more inclusive or our different like microaggressions or biases. This is just another lens that you can put on. So we're really excited to talk about it today. Yes. I think that you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode. I hope and so. I'm really excited to have this really important discussion Me with you, too. Lizzie. Um, so Stacia, you pulled a really great description on what ableism is that I thought described it really well. Do you want to read that to the class? Of course, I do think it's important to start defining the terms that we're going to be speaking of because you might have heard it in conversation and kind of understood what we're talking about, but let's just get really clear on what it is exactly we're talking about. So with ableism, it gets defined in different ways, but I thought this was a nice, succinct way of describing it. It is the discrimination of and social prejudice against people with disabilities based on the belief that typical abilities are superior. At its heart, ableism is rooted with the assumption that disabled people require fixing and defines people by their disability. Like racism and sexism, ableism classifies entire groups of people as less than and includes harmful stereotypes, misconceptions, and generalizations of people with disabilities. And I got this from accessliving.org, which we're going to put a link to the article that has this definition because it also just has a lot of other really great insights on ableism. So I encourage you to check out that to dive a little bit deeper into it. But I thought that that was a really helpful way to define it and look at it. And that's what we're going to discuss. Yeah, no, I think that's such a great description. And it's, I mean, just like racism, just like anything, we could, there are books and books on ableism, but I thought this was a really succinct, good starter description to guide our conversation today. So Stacia, you have been like, I feel like educating yourself on this lately. I know TikTok kind of like maybe spurred that. Like what got you, I guess, so passionate about learning about it? Because I've been really impressed. I feel like I don't have very many peers or just know that many people who don't have somebody in their family or a close relation with somebody who's differently abled who get really passionate about this. So I'm excited to hear like what brought you here. Yeah, no, I think... uh Again, I have always felt like as I've started to dive more into like social justice work and fighting for equality, I definitely am extremely late to the party. I will be the first to admit that. And also just understanding for me, I feel like I was so for so long was 
fighting for me to understand my own place in the world that I just really didn't understand how to see any problems outside my own. (laughs) And uh, now that I've gotten to a place where I feel pretty comfortable and confident in who I am, I'm able to like expand that awareness that I have. And and I'm starting to see all these things that I was so blind to. And I'm somebody that's super passionate about empowering others to live their happiest and healthiest life. But I can't have that just be limited to people who look, think and talk like me like that. I truly do believe that until we are all well, not one of us can be well. And I think that I'm really interested in like the collective good of the world and not just focusing on how I can better my life and further my position in society that I really think we need to offer like a helping hand to others to make sure that they are as included as we possibly can. Because I know for me, like speaking very candidly, I definitely have not had much access or interaction to differently abled people in my life. And not that I saw it this way, but I felt like as a society, there definitely was this stigma of like other. Mm -hmm. Totally. And like this lack of understanding of people with different abilities. And I think that for me, I definitely have started to realize that uh, this is... uh, And I would say, actually, you know what? I think... Honestly, one of the first like real realizations, and again, like I am so late to the party, guys, but but you know what? At least I'm showing up. (laughs) That's so important. So when I was in New York, I went to an event hosted by Glennon Doyle's group, the Together Rising, I think it is. I might. Yeah, I think that's it. But I'll look it up. But and now I. I forget her name, but you're going to help me remember it. But our favorite comedian who like speaks on... Maysoon Zaid. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I love her so much. She's amazing. And so she came and spoke and I was just floored by not only the different things that she was introducing and speaking on a topic that I realized that I was super ignorant in. And so I feel like that was kind of the first stepping stone for me to be like, oh, wow, this is something that I need to be considering and something that if I'm learning about all these different things needs to be a part of the conversation. So I'm really grateful that I went to that and that that event was giving voice to a lot of differently abled or different, uh, more, it was a more inclusive, diverse event, not just because of race or gender. Like it was truly inclusive. Like they had did a really good job of having speakers of all different types. And I'm really appreciative of that because it really was just another door opening for me of something that I know I needed to explore. Yeah. And I think you brought up so many good points. I think like the first thing that you said that really jumped out to me, and I think this is true for a lot of people, but like it's, it's hard to do this work or like the work of, you know, dismantling systemic racism if you haven't like worked on yourself yet, I guess, because you just don't have the understanding of your beliefs and who you are. And so I think that's really powerful. I also, you are at the party now. It's okay that you relate, you know, and I think like everybody's kind of collectively realizing that about different things right now, myself included. But I also really loved what you said about this event being truly inclusive because I was telling Stacia, I noticed that 
this a lot, especially in Seattle, which I feel like considers itself a very progressive city. But there will be like, so the example I gave Stacia is there's this restaurant that my uh, husband and my brother and I really like kind of in our neighborhood that we go to. And we were sitting there a, a while ago, back when you could like go to restaurants. I guess you can go to restaurants now. But there was a sign that said, you know, here we welcome people like all races, all religious. And it listed all of these different things except for abilities. And so it's like everybody's trying to act like they're so inclusive, but I see this a lot where people don't include people with different abilities in it. And it's so frustrating. I have like a very personal attachment to this issue, um, but it's it's something I see a lot or yeah, at events that are intended to be really inclusive for women. And there's like nobody to help, you know, somebody who maybe can't walk up the stairs or it's like a stair only event. There's no elevator. So I think it's definitely something to keep in mind as we all are opening our eyes to the things that we need to get together and fix. 100%. And I, I, this is like totally random, but as I was reading, one thing that I found really interesting, because we think of like in Hollywood, how they get white people to play Asian characters yeah. and things like that. And so the same idea that they take able-bodied people and uh, then have them play a wheelchair. I don't, I know. So what May Soon said, I love it. Cause I don't, again, also side note, Lizzie, if you hear me saying anything that's problematic, <laughs> I give you 100% permission to be like, Hey, Stacia, you might want to like reword that because again, I am learning, definitely learning, yeah. but cause she talks, there's talk about like wheelchair bound being limiting because it's actually very freeing to oh, be able yeah. to move in the world. And so I don't want to say wheelchair bound, but like, yeah, you take an able-bodied person and put them in a wheelchair when that's not something, why not actually be truly representative of employing people that are actually yeah, totally going to be differently abled as opposed to getting somebody that is to play the role of it. And like, obviously there's a lot of issues with Hollywood and how they like um, deal I mean, with everything. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Which is another episode, but... Have you seen the movie The Quiet Place? Do you know that movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, The Quiet Place is a really great example of this because the, like, one of the main characters is deaf and they used a deaf actress. And, like, that is so cool. And I don't know if you watched Glee back in the day, mm-hmm. but, like, they yes. actually had an actress who had Down syndrome, you know? And I thought that was so cool because you just, I mean, you never see that ever. (laughs) And I think that that's so important and empowering when you think of how we grew up and the images we saw. And if you're not seeing people who look like you, how that like really is harmful. I'm very highly represented in media. So like I never experienced what it was like to be like, well, how come there's nobody that looks like me or not seeing a representation of myself? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think like the classic example of this is the movie Rain Man, um, which everybody goes to as like the example of what autism is. But to see, oh my God, what is his name? Dustin Hoffman? Dustin. I was I was thinking Dennis and I was like, <laughs> his name is not Dennis. Um, but like to see Dustin Hoffman playing someone with autism, like it just, I don't know. It never, that movie it has- It feels it wrong. It feels wrong. That movie has never yeah. sat well with me for a whole slew of reasons. But I also- think the problem and I think this you know happens to all underserved populations but 
the problem then with things like that is people are like, oh, this is how everybody who has autism is, or this is how everybody who's in a wheelchair is, right? And we are all unique people. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. And I think it is interesting, I feel like, as we grow into these more aware people, like looking back on something and not realizing how problematic it was. In hindsight, we can look back and see that movie and be like, ooh, like this really doesn't feel good. And I think it's really interesting too, something that I personally have struggled with. And I'm curious what you think about this, because I like really dislike most Snapchat filters that distort your face Mm -hmm. and things like that. Every time I've seen them and everybody's like laughing, I'm like, this is horrible. So we're basically saying that it's okay to laugh at somebody whose face might not look like your face. And like, I've never felt comfortable with those filters. And I think that it's definitely something that probably is part of the problem and should be addressed because it is, I don't know if it's a microaggression or a macroaggression because it seems pretty offensive to me. But when I see that, that it just is like, oh, it's okay to laugh and think it's funny that someone doesn't look like you. Like when I change my face to look not like what I see normally and that that actually is really harmful. Yeah, it's really harmful. And I think, you know, what at the core of these things, I think it's a lot of just people not thinking about the impact. Like it's just someone, oh, this will be funny. And I think we're seeing that a lot right now with everything happening with white supremacy and people just becoming more aware. It's it's people not thinking. Not that there aren't people who have just ill intentions from the (laughs) get-go. There definitely are. But I think a lot of it, which is why I like really wanted to call out Stacia mentioning like doing the work, a lot of it is just just like not having really done any work and not realizing, not even having the tools to realize that you're setting people up for failure, like by having those filters or by these other things, just because you have no awareness of the world around you. That's why it's so important to continue learning about these things and educating yourself. Should not have had a, a bubbly seltzer. I always do this, and then I like can't stop burping. I do like the same every freaking time. I'm like, oh, we're recording a podcast. Better have a carbonated chug, beverage. Chug, chug. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of it just comes from people not being aware because they haven't had to be aware. Especially with people with disabilities, it's very easy to just be an ableist forever and never really have to confront that population of people. Yeah, and I mean, I would love if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what your personal experience has been with it and because I know this is obviously a topic very near and dear to your heart so I would love to hear a little bit more about your story and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah and I definitely want to preface this with just like this is just my experience like I'm not perfect at this but you know this is just like my experience and growing up in this situation but I have a younger brother he's almost six years younger than me his name is Steve um, and Steve has autism and Steve actually lives with Dan and I too so when you hear me say the roommates I'm not just referring to my dogs. Um, Steve lives with Dan and I. And yeah, I mean, he from like when he was born, we just knew he was like, you know, different. And my mom always made a very clear point. And my dad, I should say, my parents always made a very clear point about just being like, oh, this is different, but never bad. Like it was never negative. It was just like, oh, let's just like, you know, figure this out. And thankfully, which is a whole other thing we can talk about, like thankfully my family had the means to be able to get him into like a lot of testing and therapy and all of these other things so that he, you know, we and he could learn to work together to communicate really well. But people ask me 
a lot. I mean, still like, what's it like having, you know, a sibling with disabilities? And at the end of the day, he's just like my sibling. Like we argue all the time. I think he's standing behind me right now. <laughs> I think he's listening to me. Um, like, you know, he's just like, we just have a normal sibling relationship. Like I don't, you know, mm-hmm. he's, we still get mad at each other. We still like have fun together, but he's just, you know, always been his own person. And that's amazing. And I think also like the town that we grew up in, you know, they're definitely, I think every special education department could do better, but they're also doing the best that they can with very limited resources. I think Stacia and I were lucky enough to grow up in a place that was fairly inclusive of people who might not be like typical, but yeah, my brother, Steve, you know, he's has autism and he is, Steve, how old are you? Uh, 24. 24 he's about to turn 25 everybody so august 4th same birthday as obama um yeah he love it he, you know he went to regular not regular but just like a typical high school he did one extra year of high school and then he moved into seattle with us and he works at trader joe's which is pretty awesome yeah so i guess that's just like steve in a nutshell but i'm open for any like questions you yeah have. well i think <laughs> i think you made a really good point about uh, and this is something that i noticed in what i've read and uh, different films that i've watched that that people with different abilities don't want to be seen as a problem that needs to be fixed or that there's something wrong with them that needs to be right. Mm -hmm. And I think that just the way you just painted that picture, like we're just normal siblings. Yeah. I mean, everybody just wants to be treated like a normal human. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that uh, that's really important. Like there is, shouldn't, I don't think necessarily be anything profound about having Steve as your brother, but I just know that you have, as somebody who advocates for him, you have probably encountered and experienced and seen firsthand just the different challenges oh, totally. and obstacles that get in the way of Steve having equal mm-hmm. access to things mm-hmm. given his ability. So I'm just curious. I know you have experience with different ways with which like Steve has been helped to get employment and so I don't know if there are any specific experiences you've had where you've just like seen blatant discrimination or (laughs) ways that like (laughs) and I mean like maybe I'm sure there's like a million but I don't know if there's a way to like spin it to be like but this is helpful no totally how it can present itself yeah I mean I'll share the things like the the things that I normally share with people that I feel like are like insightful I mean the biggest trend that I've always noticed even when I was like a little you know little kid and he was like a baby nugget is just and it's I mean I think it's very similar to what we're seeing with like people don't know how to talk about race Mm -hmm. and they're so scared of doing anything wrong that they just don't do it it's it's very similar for people who are differently abled like I see all the time people are like oh my god I see this person and I want to talk to them but I don't know what to say so I'm just not going, you know, I don't want to draw attention to the fact that Stacia's in a wheelchair. So I'm just not going to talk to this person or like that, like, oh my God, I'm scared of this person. That happens a lot. Not with Steve because he doesn't have like a physical disability, but I, it's kind of like, I feel like a lot of people have been saying this about race, but I feel like as a sibling of somebody who is on the autism spectrum, I like then have become this like accidental spokesperson for this. And something that I see a lot is people are like, I remember this girl DM to me a couple years ago and she was like there's somebody who's like at my work who you know has down syndrome and I want to talk to her and I don't know what to say and I was like I mean how would you talk to like your other coworkers? 
just go say hi and then you figure it out. But people are so scared of messing up that they just don't do anything or they've never had to interact with someone who's different from them in that way. So they just don't do anything. Another big thing I see, and this is such a microaggression, is people will talk to people with disabilities like they're babies. It's like, it's such a thing of thinking that like, oh, this person is like a child because cognitively our brains work differently. So I'm going to talk to them like they're a baby or I'm going to talk really slow to them. And like that person might need you to talk a little bit slower, but you shouldn't like lead with that. Like I don't lead talking to like Stacia in a really, hi Stacia, how are you? Right? Like that's not normal. And everybody just wants to be treated like a normal equal person. We're really seeing that right now. And so I definitely see that a lot. And then I see, you know, just people who are not typical being left out of the conversation, not being included. And that's, I mean, that's like why we talk about inclusivity. It's like people just want to be included. They just want to be like invited to the table. And I also think it's really hard because people, you know, some people with disabilities, they might not have as much access, which is a huge thing to be able to like really stand up for themselves. They might not be able to be as vocal as you know, like a different underserved population. It's just, it's more complicated in different ways. And there's also a whole slew of abilities. There's a spectrum of abilities. And so it's not just a one size fits all. And that's often what I see too, is like, I can't tell you how many people have been like, oh, your brother has autism. I've seen Rain Man. And I get what that's like. And I'm like, actually, my brother like cannot count cards to save his life. I don't think he would have any interest in doing that. And he's like yeah. really talkative. Like most people, like the stereotype of someone with autism is that they're like quiet and they're like rocking back and forth. And that is not my brother at all. So yeah, I think it's just very misunderstood. I think that's really important. And actually one of like one of the points that I think we've brought up numerous times now and that I get a feeling of. So I watched the movie Crip Camp Mm -hmm. on Netflix, which I highly recommend. But one of the messages that one of the leaders of the civil rights movement for people who are differently abled spoke of is she was like, after they finally got all this legislation passed, she was like, you know, I'm just tired of feeling thankful for an accessible bathroom. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that this is something that should be so, I should be so grateful that I can go to a space and know that I will be able to use the bathroom. And she was like, when am I going to feel equal in the community? And I just like my heart broke and I see this really underlying message. And I think that it's hard because when I think of all the different cultural conditioning that we grow up in, think of the movies you watched growing up. Captain Hook was the villain. The Hunchback of Notre Dame was this other. Frankenstein. Like the, we literally depict yeah, they're scary. people who are different as scary monsters and others and like, e, I don't know what to do. And uh, that that really it does such a disservice to this group because uh, I know for me, I certainly, since I have had limited interactions with differently abled people, that there is this apprehension. And I would say now I'm at a much different place than I would have been probably when I was like a teenager. But as a teenager, like, oh my gosh, I don't, I 
all I had was like media. And even though you might be like, well, it's obvious and easy to tell that like the hunchback of Notre Dame is blah, blah, blah. But really, when you see those images over and over again and are told that that is other, then that like seeps into totally. you. Well, and I also think I hear a lot of people like say who are like, oh, like I wish in high school that I had been, you know, there were whatever the special ed kids. It was what everybody called them in their class. And I wish I'd hung out with them more or, you know, and when you're in high school, you your brain truly is not fully developed and you don't have the awareness. But what I always like think of, and this is something I've had to learn is we shouldn't be looking back and like beating up our high school selves. We should be looking at the adults. Like why were they not encouraging that? Mm -hmm. Like our parents, Mm -hmm. our teachers, people in the community, like that's really where it starts, you know? And I see that so much of like, oh, you know, little Billy is so nice, but it's like, well, is Billy inviting all the kids to his birthday party or like just the kids with typical abilities? You know, like it really starts with the parents because like Mm -hmm. kids don't know and they're just going to follow to your point, Stacia, what they see in society and what they see everybody else doing. And I think that's a huge, I'm really excited for like our generation to have children because this is just way more a part of the conversation now than when we were like born. But I think that's a huge thing too. To your point is people don't see people with different abilities really portrayed very well in the media. And then they're not necessarily getting messaging from like the adult leaders in their life that they need to you know the amount of people that I still hear saying the r word I'm like come on (laughs) you know but like they're you know no one's being told not to do that I mean not no one but the people that I'm talking about like there's there aren't great examples always and there's not a lot of people pushing for it because often you have to have a really personal connection to super like advocate for these things so it's just interesting I think that that's a really good point that uh, there is still a lot of really blatantly harmful language that is being used uh, in in the general population. And uh, I I mean, I think that that's something that I thankfully learned quite a long time ago and have excluded from my vocabulary. So it like it is possible because I'm there was definitely a time where I did use that word. Of course. And when I learned it. It was extremely offensive and problematic. I definitely made a few mistakes in the process of unlearning that I should, that that is not an appropriate word to use, but we can change just because uh, we have, like, I think that it is important that uh, we continue to advocate for like appropriate language. Cause even on TikTok, not that long ago, there was this horrible trend Like it was so, and luckily most people on the app were like, what the hell is wrong with you? Good. And like for the people that were participating in it, because it was basically like a song that had you like make your body in a way and then like walk around as if you were somebody with a disability. And so it was like basically making fun of differently abled people, Mm -hmm. very obviously. And it was like, I was like, how is this still happening? And so it definitely is still happening. Yeah, and people, it's like, I think part of it people don't realize you know that it's inappropriate but I also just think that as a society like there hasn't really been a crackdown on like nope we're not doing this anymore you brought up a point earlier that I wanted to touch back on about that woman being like so grateful to have a bath like why should I have to be like so grateful to have a bathroom I can use something that has been super awesome about coronavirus is I have I talked to you about this before I've like I mean we've touched on it briefly I've like talked to everybody in my life about this because I think it's so awesome but something that has been really great about coronavirus is all of a sudden 
like everything is super accessible from home. So people who are like chronically ill, people who like maybe can't get out of the house, even people who just don't have like the means to be able to drive somewhere is huge. But I saw this article on, I was on Facebook. I can't even remember like who it was by or what, but it was this woman who has a few different disabilities. And she was like, I have been pushing my entire life for this type of access. And people have told me over and over, you know, my doctors have always said, you have to come in all of these things. My work said, you have to come in every day. And it took a global pandemic for me to get all of this stuff that I've been like lobbying for and fighting for. But she was like, you know, I'm thankful because now nobody can ever tell me again that this isn't possible. But it's like, yeah, it should not take a global pandemic for somebody to finally get the access that they need. It's totally wild. (laughs) And like I shared with you and what I learned in Crip Camp that I just can't even believe still is that the ADA guidelines, which like allow access on public transportation and on sidewalks and just make the world more accessible to differently abled people, wasn't something that came into effect until 1990. Yeah, like in our lifetime. Yeah, I was born by that point and they were still fighting for equal rights. And there still obviously is a long way to go on equal rights for all groups, but it was just wild to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like we think it was bad that the civil rights movement for black people happened in the 60s. Like, oh my gosh, they had to fight for their rights in the 60s. And I'm like, people with disabilities, which is the largest minority group making up, I think, 19% of the population. By the way, everybody, yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't until 1990 that it was even beginning to become something that we need to make this world more accessible. And so, I mean, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that it took a global pandemic for people to be like, huh, maybe we should make this more accessible. Yeah, totally, totally. Which is unfortunate, but it's the reality that uh, looking back on the history of the movement, it's like it's been slow going and uh, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Yeah, well, and also like to your point about it being the biggest group of of, uh, minorities, the thing that I do think is like fascinating about disability is like disability does not know race. It does not like care about your socioeconomic status like it does not like anybody can have a disability or be differently abled and I think that that's like you know no matter what you do you can't fight back against this and so it is this huge population of people so why why are we overlooking them so much so I'm just so glad that we're talking about this and you know I think even from the lens of wellness like we were talking about in our last episode the last time we recorded like think about next time you guys go to a gym or a fitness class look at is it accessible or not mm-hmm I mean, I don't, I, as I think about how I want to build my business, I think it's challenging for me to understand how I can be more inclusive. And like, one thing I will say, just as far as social media, I see more and more people making it accessible to people that might be visually impaired or hearing impaired. And so I think that we're slowly shifting, but it's, I mean, there's so much to consider. And you know what, like, it is something that needs to be considered. It's not something that's just like, oh, like, uh, no, like things need to be accessible and inclusive for 
all groups of people. It's wild. Totally. Uh, yeah. Like I, um, I used to manage yoga studios a while ago and I remember I was at work once and this man who, um, had autism came in and he wanted to take class and everybody, I remember my staff, the other teachers around me were like, should we like, what do we do? Should we let him? And I'm like, he's going to take class. Just like, you know, all the out of shape old ladies that come in here and are like, I'm going to take a 90 minute class. And you're like, that's probably not the best choice for you. But he came, he took class. He was great. And then you know what? He came back every single week at that exact time and took class and he loved it and he built community. But it was, I remember being there and seeing everybody be like, like no one would approach him. Right. And no one would like, no one had been trained on how to interact with him. And I was like, oh my God, this is a huge, we're missing this from like fitness training, yoga training on just like, we know all of the things about like how to make adjustments, how to, you know, help somebody with a hip injury, but not how to interact with a different population. And I was just like, okay, guys, we're going to like nip this in the bud right now and figure out how to talk about it. Because yeah, I mean, wellness and fitness there is sort of a barrier to entry. You need to have time, you need to have money. But then I think because of that, it ends up being kind of this privileged population and we don't see these people who need wellness just as much as everybody else. I think that that is one of the most important points of this podcast so far. <laughs> like that is uh, so, so true. And I know that like we had discussed as part of this conversation about like correct language and how to interact with people with disabilities. So having these kinds of conversations and even just doing some research for yourself yes. and becoming more informed and more aware, because like Lizzie said, the, it to us, in a certain way, it's not like you need to be especially trained with how to talk to someone that is differently abled than you. Like, really, the point is that you should be able to approach them as you would anybody else. And yes, like they might have different physical needs yeah. than what you are used to. And so there might need to be additional training in that regards for sure. But as far as just like interacting, you don't need special training for right. that. Right. And you might, yeah, you might need to make some accommodations, but like you do that for everybody. You know, like I have friends who I know know, like, I'm not going to text them after a certain time because they're going to be asleep or, you know, whatever. Think about all the accommodations you make for other people in your life and you can do the exact same thing, right? It's not that hard. They're actually, Stacia, I don't know if I've showed this to you before, but I'll link it in the show notes. There is a gym and I'm not sure where it is. I want to say it's like in the Midwest or the South somewhere and they specialize in training people with different abilities and they have this add-on training for personal trainers that you can get and they post these videos of their clients and it's so cool because it's not people who are like I want to get a six pack not that there's anything wrong with that but it's people who are like I want to be more confident walking you know Mm -hmm. or like I want to be able to a whole host of things and they post the videos and they have like all of these followers and all of their clients like there was this one boy who really wanted to learn how to walk who's like a teenager and so they like did training so he could walk and he has like so many Facebook fans now it's such a a cool community but they're also normalizing like hey these people are awesome they're different mm-hmm. we're all different these people also care about fitness like they're picking shit up and putting it down just as well as the rest of us and I, I don't often see that in the wellness space so it's like my favorite page whenever I'm having a bad day I go there and of course I'm like completely blanking on the name right now when I'm on the spot but I will link it <laughs> we will find it <laughs> it's so inspiring and it's so cool and like 
I also just love how they do it because they present it as just like, yeah, here's what we're doing. Like they're not expecting any hat on the back. They're not expecting any sort of like awards or prizes, which I think is another thing we're seeing a lot of right now. People are like, look, I talked to a black person, right? Or like I read one book on not being a racist and it's like, okay, are we supposed to like celebrate you being a good human, like a decent human I know, being? I love the thing. You want a cookie? Yeah, exactly. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> And I think a lot of times, you know, people will message me because they know I have a connection to this community and be like, I talked to somebody with a disability today. And I'm like, cool, do it tomorrow. Like, it doesn't matter that you did it one time. I think that that I I mean, I'm really intrigued to look at that uh, Facebook group that you're talking about, because I think that that is something that is really important. And when I think of most groups that are discriminated against or seen as other, there really is such a need to see them and have access to them so that you can understand totally that they are no different. Because that was something as I'm watching Crip Camp, and it's about this camp that was in upstate New York, and it ran for about 30 years. And all these kids with different abilities just came together and they were like one of the larger sentiments was like, I didn't realize how exhausting it was to try and exist in a world that wasn't made for me until I went to this this camp camp and realized just how much easier (laughs) it was to be in a space where I felt like I was seen and heard and watching this documentary It really does, like, again, because I have not had a ton of access or interaction with differently abled people. And even just watching a two-hour documentary, like, increased my empathy tenfold of being like, oh, my gosh, they are just like you and I. Like, there is nothing to fear here. There is nothing other or all of the above. And so I just think as much as we can, even if you are in a community where you feel like you don't necessarily have access to it, like continue to see images and videos and conversations of people who may not look like you or act like you, because all that does is to help to normalize it because it should be seen, seen as normal. Right. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think you just made such a good point. Like they should be seen as normal and they are normal and we all just want to like survive and thrive. I actually like this was like partially why I used to and sometimes still do if he'll let me. He's like kind of a diva now, but post videos of my brother on Instagram like he's a ham and he loves being on Instagram. But I post just like our interactions a lot because it's like, look, he's just like my annoying brother. You know, and he's funny and it's just like, I don't think there's a lot of people doing that. And it, I, I just feel really passionate about showing everybody like he's a human. And like there have been times that my brother and I have fought publicly and you can tell people are like, oh my God, she's being mean to someone with autism. And I'm like, no, he's being a fucking dick because he's my brother. <laughs> like, you know, and it's just, it's so funny. And I think we need to normalize that too. Like, you know, I like, like right now, everybody's like normalize black joy. Like we're not just like having a terrible time all the time. You also need to celebrate our wins. And I think that's the same with the community of people with disabilities is like they are normal people in every way. You know, like we irritate each other all the time. We also like get so much joy from each other as well. I love that so much. And I think that that really is such an important part of what 
needs to be understood and celebrated as well, because it's not just, again, watching the Crip Camp, you see their joy and they're playing music and they're singing and they're laughing and cracking jokes. And it's like, uh, it is so important to be able to see not only just their struggle, but their strengths and their humanity, because we all have it as human beings and uh, being able to recognize that. And again, I know for me, it's another reason why I love TikTok. And I mean, <laughs> again, TikTok is life. <laughs> all social media has its faults. And like, there's a lot of censoring and like issues going on that I don't agree with within the app. But I will say, I was really happy because on the For You page, again, like I all the time, I'll see people with cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. I'll see people in wheelchairs. Like it's just so diverse in every single way possible. And I've really appreciated that because I'm like, oh, like this person just wants to do a TikTok dance too. This person just wants to crack a joke on TikTok too. Yeah. Like it's not, it, it it's okay. We can all be celebrated and included in this thing called life. And we should be able to enjoy stupid TikTok dances because yes. those should be for everybody. I also <laughs> think something that I think is really important for anybody, but it's like, you know, how right now with everything, how the black community is saying like celebrate our our joy too. Like, let's also celebrate all of the things that people with disabilities are really good at. Like, Stephen has the entire city of Seattle fucking memorized. Like, he does not need a map. He is like Google Maps embodied. Like, there are so many things that he's like, you know, and he's just one example of one person, but there are so many things he does so, so well, like that I could never in a million years comprehend or do. And I don't think that gets called out enough. I think we focus so much on things people cannot do that we don't look at the like just other awesome aspects of their personality and who they are. I think that that is really, really important. And like definitely like one of the articles that I read being like everybody has strengths and limitations. Yeah, we all do. So that recognizing that and understanding that and celebrating that and not seeing it necessarily as other or like it just is just the same way that you and I are different. Like we all have our differences, but we also definitely all have our strengths and abilities. That's why I like, I think that probably is part of the reason why the language has been changing a bit more towards differently abled as opposed to disabled because disabled is like disadvantaged and like it's seen as this negative connotation, whereas it's just like, no, they're differently abled. Right. And that's also saying like my abilities are right, your abilities are wrong, which is like also why that's problematic. You pulled up a really great resource that I feel like is really actionable and we will link it, but it's using people first language. So Stacia, do you want to like dive into since you found it what that is because I think as you guys start if you're listening to this oh my gosh where do I begin this is a really great just kind of flip you can switch in your brain I love that and it's definitely something that I'm super passionate about like I'm extremely obsessed about language and I think it's really, really important, the language that we use and that it really has an impact. And I've been learning different things about language as far as what's going on right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. So side note, like things like saying, calling 
black people slaves is actually like fairly problematic. They were enslaved. Yes. It's not a condition to be a slave. Like it was something that was brought upon them by someone else. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's something that I'm really passionate about exploring in all regards. So when I found this, I was like, yes, more language (laughs) stuff, like nerding out over here. So excited. So one thing that they talk about is examples of people first language. We'll link the article, but it says, remember, a disability descriptor is simply a medical diagnosis people first language respectfully puts the person before the disability and I just really like that because then that makes it seem more uh, like again they are people they are not their disability they are not their differently abled self like they are a human right and so instead of saying the handicapped or disabled you can say people with disabilities Or instead of she's autistic, say she has autism or a diagnosis of. So again, we are not identifying them as their disability. It is simply like a descriptor, like it's a medical diagnosis. So we can say that they have this, but they are not that. They are not going to let that be the thing that defines them. Totally. No, that's so important. Yeah, I really like this article, which we will link in that you can just kind of look through. It's very, it's one page. And it just gets you a little bit more informed on the language that you may be using around this. And again, I definitely, if I went through this episode with a fine tooth comb, I probably have messed up like a hundred times. But again, I'm committed to... I mean, same. I'm not perfect at this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, trying to get better about the language that I use and making sure that it is not problematic or harmful and that that's something that's really important and actionable for you to do. One uh, thing from here before we move on that I wanted to call out that I feel... I think a lot of people do this. I've definitely been guilty of this too, is if you scroll down, it says instead of saying normal or healthy, just say without disabilities. Cause that's something that people do often is, oh, the normal. And then it's like saying you're not normal, which also normal is normal is an illusion. Normal doesn't exist. So like defining people as that anyway doesn't work. But I think, you know, that's a really huge distinction that you can use. It's super common. And I think another one that I found really interesting when it comes to language was on the accessliving.org, which was like the ableism 101 article that we'll have linked up. They had microaggressions. And what are ableist microaggressions and something that I found really interesting and something I noticed personally when I say certain things, I'm like, you know what? This is probably low-key problematic, but like never really thought too much about it. But saying things like, that's so lame. That guy is crazy. Are you off your meds? My ideas fell on deaf ears. She's such a psycho. I don't even think of you as disabled. Like all these things that, I mean, we've gotten rid of the R word for to a certain extent, but understanding that this kind of language is actually fairly harmful. Yeah. And I think it's really common to be like, oh my gosh, you're acting so crazy. Like, and just like we say normal, like I think we really do need to be intentional with our language because it does have a huge impact. One that I really loved that was on this list is the OCD one because I hear people say that all the time or like even like anxiety or something like people will say like, oh my God, I'm so OCD about blah, blah, blah. And for someone who has OCD, I do not have OCD, but like, that's so offensive to be like, do you actually know what it's like to have OCD? You know, or when people say like, oh my God, I'm having such bad anxiety. Like, are you really having anxiety? So it's again, just a reminder to be super careful. And I think your point about crazy, crazy is the one we use all the time. I definitely need to be better about not using it, but it's also like assuming that 
being crazy is like a bad thing when really just some stuff's going on in your brain. I am so grateful and excited that we're having this conversation and I'm so excited to share the resources that we have found and I definitely want to, I actually haven't watched it, but the Maysoon who we talked about has a TED talk that really blew up. And so I want to link that because I would imagine it's amazing. It's <laughs> so good, Stacia. Uh, you guys, you're going to love it. I'm probably going to do that right after uh, this. Yes, just go please watch do. it. You're going to just have chills. She is so funny. Also, she has a really amazing audio book nice. that I listened to a couple months ago and I listened to it twice because she's just so funny. But I, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I will link it. You guys should, if you like need just to take a break from everything that's happening in the world, and have some comedic relief while also educating yourself. I cannot recommend her writing and her her TED Talks enough. She's just like so funny. I think we actually posted a picture of her on our Instagram a while ago. I feel like her, Glennon Doyle, like if we could meet the two of them station, I would just like <sighs> die of happiness. 100%. And I think that, I mean, I'm really excited to share all these resources. I think we have compiled a lot of really helpful tools and things to get you either continuing on your journey towards learning more about this or even just starting your journey on learning more about Absolutely. this. And so I hope that this has inspired you to either begin or continue that education and that awareness and reflecting on how it is presented in your life because these conversations are really, really important. They are. And Stacia, I just want to take a second to like thank you for pushing us to talk about this and for being so passionate about it and for educating yourself on it because it's not always something that, you know, it is something very near and dear to my heart and I don't always see that in people. And it just means a lot to me that you wanted to learn about it and have been so diligent about educating yourself. And I'm just very moved. So thank Aww, you. Well, I mean, I didn't ask for a cookie, but thank you. <laughs> no, I seriously, like, I know we're not supposed to give people cookies right now, but this is something that like, I, you know, I feel so passionately about and I don't often see people educating themselves on it. And it just mm -hmm. drives me nuts especially when people are like look how progressive I am and I'm like look at what an asshole you're being to this entire population so I just really appreciate you and I'm excited for all of you guys to listen and while I am not like you know the perfect example of this I'm always happy to answer any questions if you guys are like navigating this and aren't sure and Stacia's a great resource as well. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't mean to belittle your nice compliment. Like I no, think it's good didn't. to acknowledge people. <laughs> I, <thought laughs> I was just was trying to make a joke, but yeah, I think I, I appreciate you appreciating me and I do try to show up as a uh, unintentional and informed person because the world doesn't become a better place by chance. It becomes a better place by change. And you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Like I know these are like crazy quotes that are overused. But it's so true. It's, yeah, it's repeated for a reason. Like, uh, and so I think it is really important that even though this issue doesn't directly affect me, it directly affects my fellow humans. And I want to see us all thrive in life and to have access and the ability to do that. Yeah. And so I, I want to continue to tackle important topics like this that maybe sometimes end up flying under the radar if you're not in direct contact with people who are part of the group that we're talking about. 100%. Yeah. And it is also one of those things too, like you just never know guys, like I don't, not to be negative Nancy, but like you could get in a car accident, right? And then like mm -hmm. suddenly not be able to use your legs in the same way or something could happen with your brain chemistry. Like
Like it's just, it's something that can impact anybody at any time. And so I think it's really important to constantly be educating ourselves, especially as we start to just open our eyes through the civil rights movement that's happening right now to how we can be better to each other. I love that. I think that this has been incredible and I would love to wrap it up by hearing about your yay for the day, Lizzie. (gasps) What is my yay for the day, Stacia? I'm going to have to think on this for a second. Uh, (laughs) Not that there's nothing good that's happened. I just like normally I have it queued up. Um, actually, no, I guess my yay for the day was actually, this is a big one. My yay for the day is I got to hug my parents yesterday for yay! the first time in months. <laughs> and it was like, felt so good. It was so oh, weird. I know. Yeah. But we, Stacia and I were recording this the day after Father's Day. So I went and saw my parents yesterday with Steve came too and my husband, um, and our dogs. And it was just really nice to be able to like give them a hug and see them and, you know, we're definitely still quarantining, but it just felt a little bit more comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. Just having that like tiny little slice of normal in the sense of like, is it okay to hug the people we love? I feel like that's been so, uh, so weird. Just ends up weighing on your heart really heavily, not having like the similar access to human beings are primed for needing contact. And so like when you have limited contact with the people you want to like be physically close to and it's like nope you can't six feet and it's, it's like so weird it feels really isolating it does. And it's hard. And yeah I know so. and you've been by yourself living by yourself like a badass through this whole thing so I don't know how you're doing it but yeah I like forced my sister to give me hugs and she's like can you just hug my boyfriend instead like, like not the same it's not the same because yeah, my sister's like hugs make me feel weird so like, I can totally and, see her doing that and so she just pawns off her boyfriend on me for hugs and I'm just like Steph he's very can huggable I just hug you? Yeah. He is. He's like a giant, He's a giant teddy, teddy, bear, teddy bear. So I appreciate his hugs as well. But it's Not just been funny because yeah. like they've been the people I've been interacting with the most. So and so funny. I'm always like, Steph, hug. And she's like, don't touch me. And not because of the pandemic, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just a personality thing. Um, what's your yay for the day? Well, I loved yours. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I would say that my yay for the day, again, is similar as... Again, I think it's interesting as things start opening back up, yet I still feel really apprehensive because I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Just because the news stopped being hysterical about it doesn't mean that anything has actually changed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, basically, the U.S. was just like, I'm tired of having to stay inside and I don't care about what happens. So, like, I definitely am with you where I'm, like, still being very conscientious, but I had, like, a socially distanced hangout Mm. yesterday with... uh, some friends who I like some long time childhood friends who I haven't seen since I've been home and one of which who is pregnant six months pregnant and so I got to see her and her glowing face and uh, we just sat around outside and again just grateful for the improved weather because I think understanding that while it's still important to stay distanced when we're distanced and outside I feel like a lot safer and so I'm just grateful that it's now summertime where we have the capacity to be outside and mm-hmm. see each other. So I feel like that's kind of like expanded possibilities a totally. little bit. But yeah, it was just really good to see familiar, friendly faces whom I love and care about deeply, who I have not been able to see because of this pandemic. Yeah, I know. That's so weird. It's so weird to be like, I mean, Stacia and I haven't seen each other 
face to face in like years. I know. It's so <laughs> sure, weird. No, that's so weird. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> We're hoping to change We're, that this yeah, week. Hopefully that'll be our yay for the day next time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wild times. Wild times. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Our June 2020 book club read is Hood Feminism. We have it linked in the show notes and on our Instagram. We will be chatting about it soon. So send us questions. Stacia, you want to take it away? Yes. I'm just so appreciative of this community and I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, definitely send them our way. And we love y'all. And in case you needed the reminder, hey, you got this.